Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. For the record, I'm Brother Priest. Today is November 21st. 2017. So I'm speaking about something that's going on that's very in- interesting. Okay, if you have a business, if you are, let's say, Bill Gates, founder of Microsoft, and quote unquote owner, if you hire somebody as an executive, now, I know this is going to sound crazy, but I want to put this on the record. This is the question I want to ask you. Who is the superior between the two, Bill Gates or the executive? Bill Gates. Simple. Bill Gates. Now, look. The way they're portraying the NFL is that it's a league, but let me just make this clear. It wasn't always like it wasn't always called the NFL. It had various names, but basically, no matter what, there has to be some type of founder or founders who are owners or whatever. Founder, founders, or owners. And you, you're usually not both. You're not going to be a founder and an owner. So I'm going to use the term founders because founders are not owners. They just they just found it, you know, and they make sure that they don't have their um, quote unquote uh, ownership power. But in in this situation, NFL executives are at odds with one of the NFL team owners. So how they're portraying it in the public, and and I believe that most people in America probably look at it this way. The NFL owners are the ones, the owner, the NFL team owners are the ones who actually own the league. I think that's how most of us look at it. But it's it's starting to come out. There's no way in the world, if I'm a, quote-unquote, owner of a business and an executive that works for the business that I own, that I own, there's no possible way that that individual is superior to me. Do you follow what I'm saying, brother? (laughs) Yes, yes. Okay. So if the executive is not superior to the team owner, then that means the team owner would dictate to the executive. But for some reason, it's not that way. And the real reason is because 
the people who actually have the power over this NFL are not public. They're, they're operating from a private sector. And it's so clear to me because the executives over the team owners, which means if an executive is over an owner, there has to be somebody that's over that executive. Otherwise, the executive takes orders from a team owner. Okay, mm-hmm. so what what has happened is now this one particular team owner, Jerry Jones, is at odds with the actual NFL, who they're not actually saying who these people are, and these actual NFL owners or founders or whoever are telling a team owner, basically sit down and shut up. Now, from the outside looking in, if you don't understand, there's got to be somebody on the private private sector behind that. Do you follow me, brother, what I'm trying to say here? I do, yeah, because I, I, would, I would probably say that if, if I was asked the question, then I would say that um, the the team owner was the person who was in charge. But like you're saying, the executive seems to to wield the power over the team owners. And with that being said, that that would obviously mean that there would be somebody or some kind of the real power, um, like you're saying, in the private sector above those executives who they tell what to do, what to sort of filter down. Yeah, that's clear. Right, exactly. Now, what is the point of this that I'm bringing up here? It's really, really simple. It is clear. I've been trying to say this for the whole time the nation has been here. But being private and operating in a private capacity does not mean that whatever you control is not known publicly. Now, the NFL is globally famous. And my point to bringing this up is when we're doing business, we can do these types of things to where we can create an entity, build it up to have as much power as the NFL, power and notoriety and fame and all of that and and wealth, and the actual people behind it are never even discussed. That is real power. That is real power, and that is what we want to move towards. Now, I'm going to do more in-depth investigation on this uh, at some point, but I keep seeing what's going on because it's in the news every day. So as a result, um, what I'm looking at, I'm really clear to see that that is what we want to do and how we should be operating. Does that make sense to you, brother? That does, definitely. I mean, I I heard something the other day. I mean, you know, that is um, definitely the way that you need that we need to be moving to be 
the hidden power, you know, and, and obviously you can appoint executives to be your kind of front men if you like, but, you know, as always, the, 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 the real power is never really seen and or mentioned, as you say. Yes. Yes, and that's where we are moving towards when we are discussing business and, and doing our business entities and doing our real estate. And that's what it's all about because, uh, particularly for our people, um, brother, it has gotten worse for our people in the last three, four weeks about how we are towards one another over here. Um, Do you experience that over there? Like, Like this just self-hatred, just hating one another. Do you experience it over there? <laughs> we do. I mean, I, I don't think it's to the level of, of you guys over there in the States, but it is maybe maybe if I wasn't in the nation, I would think it was only a little bit. But because I'm in the nation and I know that, you know, the things that we did, we talk about um, and sort of like they're just pinpointing certain character traits of, of Negro people, I mean, I notice it a lot more than probably the average person living over here. But I, I would say that it's definitely, um, it's definitely here, um, but not as not as bad as probably you guys in the States have it. So what is it like? Um, I mean, do you all have like um, gang violence? Yeah, it's um, it's pretty much because I think, you know, like the youngsters here um, sort of emulate a lot of um, your your sort of like so-called um, stars, hip-hop, um, you know, musicians or MCs, rappers and stuff. So there is a lot of that sort of uh, Americanized sort of gang violence. There's, you know, there's the tattoos, there's um, the turf wars. I mean, you know, there's, uh, I think where I am is, is a, is a grey, a grey kind of area. So if you're, if you're, Amongst the, the youngsters, not necessarily with me, but if you're sort of coming into this part of, of London where I am, which is called Edmonton, you you wear grey. So if someone's coming in, like if they had a baseball cap that wore blue, then there there could be there could be some issues. Hmm. <laughs> oh my god! It's just like L.A., California. Wow. It, it's uh what what I just saw happen over the break time is um an increasing amount of um, conscious movement in fighting, and it gets worse and worse mm. <laughs> like, like um now. Uh, a lot of these Hebrew Israelites on the streets now they're they're getting into hip hop battle. Like since since Hebrews hit the streets in the eighties, Hebrews have always done we've always done music, our own music. It'd be hip hop. A lot of people in the music industry are Hebrews, like. Um, half of, half of the people that came 
and under Rizza and the Wu-Tang are Hebrews. Killer Priest and all of his, uh, I think they're Killer Bees and Maccabees and all of those are Hebrews. But um, the other half of, of Wu-Tang, of course, is five percenters, but there's a huge um, Hebrew influence there. So we've always done music, but now they're pitting who's the better rapper out of each camp. So each camp is like against another camp, and then their rapper is better than the other camp's rapper. It's like, holy Jesus, it is just end. Like, wow, man. When does it end? But the good thing is, amongst all of that, I'm seeing good people in that are not in any of these camps that are not even identifying with religions. And that's really interesting to me. What are what are the people like around you? The immediate people around you are there good people that don't identify with anything around you? Yeah, I think um, my my group is probably they're not sort of like a church going. I mean, um, I think amongst my my lot, we we sort of were forced to go um, when we were younger, and you know, we myself and Simon, we we both knew that something wasn't right so as we sort of got a bit older we we dropped off and we didn't we didn't go back type thing so the people around me are kind of similar to that so i i'm not really around any sort of hebrew brothers i mean the closest we got was um the brother that i went and met but obviously you know that didn't go too well but um i just tried to kind of keep myself around people who are, are kind of genuine i know I can tolerate if someone tries to do, if they say they're going to do something and they try to do it and they, um, you know, they give you a call and say, oh, I couldn't do it, but, you know, I'm going to try and do it the next day. But one of one of my sort of oldest friends, even up until today, he was supposed to do something for me and I haven't had a phone call and I, and I just sort of, you know, I just kind of shake my head. But at work, when I'm working with, you know, the Caucasians, it's, it, it's just done. They say they're going to do it and... If it is a bit late, there's a phone call, and more often than not, it's going to get done, which it kind of pains me a bit to say, but it's that's just the reality of the situation. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah. Um, <laughs> in, uh, it's like it's kind of like simple to live. Like I personally, I don't really like, um, too much drama in my life, although I have plenty of it. And uh, but I don't like having drama in my life. Uh, and mo- most of the drama is is not coming from me. Um, but it's really the fact that I do what I do, you know, like because of the path that I've chosen for my life. It just comes with the territory. But I, I run across, I mean, it's really, even in talking to you, it really keeps me, me remembering um, there's so many other nationalities that treat us with respect and treat us better than our own people. But the whole thing that we keep looking at 
is um, we keep looking at uh, like it's just Caucasians over here killing us. It's the police over here killing us. And in reality, that does go on, unfortunately. But in reality, there's far more um, of our own people killing us. And mm-hmm. I really see that there's a, a, a really delicate balance. Um, going on here. We have a number of us who are good people, but who just are, you know, lost. Um, Then we have a number of us who are supposed to be (laughs) um, good, but we're lost and competing with one another. And when it's all said and done, it's all going to come down to one thing specifically, government, law, and commerce. And the more and more I keep living, I keep seeing every single day the um, things such as what's going on with the NFL. It's a beautiful thing to watch um, and understand. It's a beautiful thing to understand. And, um, man, yeah, so what are your thoughts, brother, on the future of your business? Um, Where do you see your business five and ten years down the line? Uh, I would say that I would be, have taken a back seat in the business and exactly what we're describing today that I would have um, either, you know, quote unquote managers or executives sort of dealing with the <clears throat> the day-to-day uh, sort of issues or day-to-day running of the company. And I would just sort of just um, sit back and, um, and just, you know, make sure that the, I'll be the, of the, the overseer of, of course, of the, of the, all the proceedings, but um, just not having so much of a hands on, um, involvement and hopefully you know with that would come some financial gain of which i can sort of uh build something i mean my my um my plan is to try and build some type of um some type of com- uh community house where you know like you have not not necessarily like a bar but a a building where we can have different floors for you know, our elders and for our young people to come and to, to you know, have some type of, um, uh, not schooling, but, you know, have guys to come in and, and do speeches and do lectures. And on certain nights, you'd have, you know, a night for the um, the elders, you know, where they could play their car all fours or dominoes or, but all have it under one roof. You could have a restaurant, which is going to be doing, you know, your Caribbean food and, that would be, I mean, if I won the lottery tomorrow, that would, I would set that up in in a second. And, um, you know, just to have, you know, things for the ladies as well and just something positive that we can sort of call our own and to try and uplift the spirit because I think, you know, <laughs> our spirits are, are really, really low at the minute. And um, But on the, on the flip side, I do think that people are waking up in their own way, but um, just, just sort of, 
crossing over a little bit. I was just listening to the the whole situation with the um, President Mugabe, and um, there was a, I was listening to a guy, and he was sort of saying, you know, it, um, it, it, the one thing, you know, even though you can't really take um, the news to be the, the the exact truth unless you're over there, you know, CNN, you got your Fox News and whatnot, so not a lot of people really take that as gospel, but. The one thing that he did do, you know, he stood up for his people. And, um, you know, I think as well as, you know, the guy I was listening to, that that had to be commended. So, I mean, I've, I'm willing to do that and um, to build something. So it's just a shame that over here, because there isn't the, the, the Hebrew sort of, um, I haven't got that connection, I'm finding it really hard to do that. So I've, obviously I have to do it through the nation. But hopefully we'll get there. Yes, sir. Praise the Lord. We will get there. We will get there. Um, yeah, I, Marcus Garvey is, is always going to be a hero to me um, because, I mean, he did stand up. And his his approach is is kind of, for me, I would I would say is more conducive to something like how I am individually because I kind of think more universally than mm-hmm. you know the average probably Hebrew, Hebrew but even in saying that um it's just he was he was very effective um he was just he was a great, great um, motivator. You know, he really was a great motivator. And I've learned a lot um, about him, man. Like, the Nation of Islam is really a carbon copy of Marcus Garvey. And I didn't know that for many years. I didn't know that. But, but like, um, one of the things I always hear the Nation of Islam say is knowledge of self. Well, Marcus Garvey was talking about knowledge of self before Elijah Muhammad, before the Nation of Islam and all that. Then um, Nation of Islam has the FOI. That's the same thing that the um, Marcus Garvey uh, UNIA has. The whole setup the the drill and everything is like it was fascinating to me to learn that but yeah man uh Marcus Garvey wonderful wonderful uh, leader and you know people had their gripes with him and all of that but I'm just talking about his mind was 100% on nationhood we can build a nation of our, you know, it just really was. And I don't know a lot about um, him, like, uh, but I think I know more than the average individual. But the things that I do know just have left a lifelong impression upon me. And I will forever um, have hold him in high regard. Um, yeah, man, so... We gonna we're gonna have a shortened semester this uh, this semester, um, but 
uh, whenever we come back, the first week is usually, you know, a little rocky. But nonetheless, uh, we'll uh, we can adjourn for today, and uh, we'll meet back here again next Brother, week. Yes, Brother Priest, can I just ask you something quickly? Yes. Um, it's just to do with you know the I was talking to you about the credit reference agencies and that I put in a dispute. Um, I just had a reply back. I don't know if you want me to talk to you privately about it or I can ask you on on the line. Uh, is it too private to talk about on the line? It's just no, it's no, no. It's not private. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. Go right ahead. Okay. So I had um that well I had um a Barclay card account which was um which wasn't paid on and and it had two different amounts. So the amount that Barclay card had was different to the amount that the credit reference agencies had. So I put in a dispute, um and I've had call credit come back and basically they've said that they have to have Barclay card send the amendment before they can do anything so that was the first response um that was that was from uh call credit and the second one I'm trying to load up the computer which doesn't want to work but basically they they're saying that it has to come from it has to come from Barclay card whereas I remember you spoke on it before saying that they they would have to change it. It would be down to the credit bureau to do it, not necessarily the the creditor. Well, yeah, cause, well, well, the the credit bureau is enforcing it. Um, if it's on public record, is one thing, then that's what everybody's going to see. Because remember. Your account with whoever is is supposed to be a private account, and then mm. that private account is re, is reported to the public record credit bureau, which is a public record. Yeah. So, um, that's why it has to happen that way. Like you're disputing it, um, because of what's on your record publicly. So, they have to wait till that company replies. Or respond, and think of think of the credit bureau as a, a regulator. You know mm-hmm. what I mean. So they're they're regulating um, and making sure that these credit companies are in accordance with law. That's what they're doing. Right, because so, because Barclay Card have responded to the credit reference agency, and they're saying that they. They're not willing to to amend it, basically. Oh, wait a minute. They're, so I'm, saying, they're saying they're not willing to amend it, even though they know that it's wrong. Is it, like, significantly wrong? Like, is it thousands of dollars? It, no, no, no. It's, um, it's, it's sort of a, couple of a couple of pence, if you like. It's, but it's <laughs> wrong. I mean, I remember you... Was saying, you know, if it's if it's not if it's even like a dollar out, then you know it's it's wrong basically. But they but they have come back to the credit reference agency and they're taking a stance of we're not going to amend it. And and the credit reference agency is saying, well, you need to take it up with Barclay Card, i.e., take it up with the creditor because they are going to seek their instructions from them. So, but that's okay. the kind of situation. So I didn't really know how to maneuver after that. 
Okay, that that is administrative process. That's when you you just right. go through the administrative process because you know in it, now the thing about this is if it's only a few pennies and it's not going to hurt you, um, I wouldn't put too much energy in it if they're going to just dispute that. They're going to fight you on it because you got to really sit mm-hmm. down and put energy into it. But the whole reason for doing it from the in the first place is, one, you have to get the experience and the know-how of how to do this. Mm-hmm. That is the thing. And know that this is how you remedy anything in commerce is you deal with a regulator, you deal with a administrative process. And mm-hmm. if, it, if it's not going to hurt you, you know, like if it's literally one penny, 10 cents, a dollar, and it's not going to hurt you anytime soon, I wouldn't put too much energy in it right now. Um, you know, continue upon what you have in your life going. If, it, if it's not going to take too much away from what you're doing, I will go ahead and run an administrative process against them just to get the experience under my belt and the know-how. You know what I mean. Mm. So, but would it? I, but would it be a case of if I do if I do the administrative process, it would it could it just be a case of along the way they can just um, amend the balance? Yeah, yeah, that's the whole point of what that's the whole point of them doing it. it um, and they most likely would do that. You know what I'm saying? Because if you're in good standing with them, they, they're going to want to um, help you out. From our yeah. perspective, from our perspective, every penny counts, particularly when it's on your credit report, because that one penny could be the difference maker in a lot of different things. But like I'm saying, it's where you are in your life. If, you, if you're too bogged down with work and you, you don't really have the energy to focus on something, I would say don't do it right now. Otherwise, if you can just play with it and just throw it out there and just see what happens, I would do that. Because I'm telling you, I've had, I had a Sprint phone before that was cut off they turned my service off because of four cents, four pennies. Um, well, actually, I owed them a certain amount of money. I went and paid, and I was four cents short, but I didn't realize it, and I called them to see, like, why is my phone not on? Well, I went back to the store to see why my phone is not on, and they were like, well, you have something past due of four cents. So four pennies is really that serious. See, when they're sticking it to us, <laughs> they're going to stick us mm. for every single cent. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, well, but we... I, I thought... Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead, brother. But I thought that the the creditors or were were answerable to the credit reference agencies, but from what I'm... from But from what the reply that I've got from the credit reference agencies, it seems... 
as though they're taking their orders from the creditor. Well, I see what you're saying, but I, I don't know. Maybe maybe it's slightly different under, over there, but what it sounds like to me is, okay, what's supposed to happen is you're not – the, credit, the creditor is not going to change it. If they're going to just be dead stuck on it, they're not going to change it. But what you're supposed to do is have your credit report changed. So when you dispute it – through your credit report, the credit bureau, the credit bureau tells them, the creditor, hey, change it. Um, this this is not right. Change it. And they're supposed to change it. And if they don't respond appropriately, the credit bureau is supposed to correct it on the credit report. Now, in this situation, you're saying, they're saying, well, they're not going to do anything because of the credit. The creditor is, you got to take that up with the creditor. That mm. is that is strange to me, but maybe it's because there's only a few pennies. But I would say, look at the law because that would make no sense to me that the credit bureau answers to a creditor. Now, it could be written in the law over there. But I've yeah. never heard it. So I was, and, and it, should, it shouldn't take you very long, maybe five or ten minutes to just look up the credit laws and um, with the credit bureaus. But if, yeah. that's the, if that's the case, then still, that get, that, that's even more of the reason why you must deal with administrative process. Because if a credit bureau who's, who's supposed to be regulating this thing is not going to help you or back you. You got to take action yourself. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Just like think of it this way, brother. If you went to the bank seriously, and there was one dollar out of place, now you would do something about that. <laughs> you know, you might not you might not do something right now, but if you notice it and you catch it. You would say, "Hey, wait a minute. Um, this is off." Likewise, if they made a mistake and gave you more than what you spoke to have, they're gonna do something about it. So that's what I would suggest to you, brother. Okay, thank you. Yes, sir. Anytime. So you take care, brother, and we'll be here again next week. Okay.
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.